Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica, and this week I am excited to be joined by Crystal McCreary. Crystal is a lead yoga mindfulness and health educator and a teacher training with 13 plus years of experience in instructing yoga and mindfulness to people of all ages. She has a passion for implementing comprehensive wellness programs within schools and organizations to foster compassionate and equitable communities and sustainable work environments. Crystal's expertise is derived from a lifetime of harnessing powerful, embodied, contemplative tools necessary to navigate the challenges of living in an inequitable world. She facilitates trainings for many organizations that aim to support the social and emotional well-being of youth and adults, including New York Department of Education, Cooney Hunter Public Health Department, Mindful Schools, and she currently works full-time in the health department at a K-12 independent school in New York City. Crystal graduated from Stanford University with a BA in African and African American Studies, completed the American Conservatory Theater's Masters of Fine Arts program in acting, and is registered with Yoga Alliance as a 500-hour ERYT and RCYT. When the stars align, she occasionally appears as an actor on film or television. Crystal is the author of The Little Yogi Deck, Simple Practices to Help Kids Move Through Big Emotions, On and Off the Mat. You can learn more at her website, www.crystalmccreary.com. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I loved what I saw on your website when I was perusing that you called uh, yoga a true soulmate, Mm -hmm. which I, I can really relate to, and I haven't seen it put that way. So can you just tell us, how did you find yoga, first of all, and how has it changed your life? Oh, man. So, yeah, you know, well, first of all, I guess I want to start by defining what a soulmate is to me, because I don't know if everybody has the same definition that I do. Um, But, you know, I do believe that a soulmate is any experience or person um, that helps us move along our, our personal path right? And, and get closer to what's true for us and, you know, really what's meant for us. And so um, when I started practicing yoga, you know, here's a funny thing. It's like, I actually was learning yoga from my father in early childhood. So my exposure to yoga 
as an unconscious thing that you just kind of like internalize and digest because your parents are doing what they're doing and you're just imitating them. Um, that started, you know, obviously that, that happened, but um, as a young adult, specifically when I was a school teacher <laughs> for my first you know, year as a school teacher and beyond, when I was experiencing a lot of emotional and social challenges that, you know, just sort of come with the, the profession, um, I saw, I was really seeking something that without consciously being aware of it, I was seeking something, I needed something that would replenish me uh, in some ways. And so, you know, I'll never forget like dating this guy. Um, and, you know, like I was really into yoga, like I was doing this, you know, you know, taking these classes and when I just, I felt so good. Like I definitely had a lot of you know, the kind of experience with asana practice in a studio setting where I was getting my butt kicked and I didn't know why, and, but I just kept coming back because I just mm-hmm. felt so much better afterwards. And so, you know, in a very short time, I already had a personal practice. I was like lugging my yoga mat and wherever I was going, including to my boyfriend who at the time lived about 45 minutes from me. And so I would just like usually spend the whole weekend with him. Um, and, you know, I'd always be on my yoga mat and I'd be on my yoga mat and he'd be like, what? Wait, what, what do you have to do now? And, and this is before yoga was like what it is now. Right. So he would just watch me do this thing, you know, and and he would always say, gosh, you know, sometimes I get a little jealous. Like, it's like you're like making love to yourself. It's like you, you've got this thing going on over there. I mean, he didn't even have the words. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he I told him it was yoga, but like he, he didn't know what that meant. I barely even knew what it meant, you know. Um, but he recognized something. And what he pointed out to me was, like he just sort of made really clear that like I was, I was truly doing this thing that fed me, right? I, it was like, I was making love to myself. I was literally giving myself a loving, nurturing experience such that I could be available to him. Like it made me more available to him. It made me more available to my students. And um, gosh, you know, what a gift that is, you know? And so I think, you know, particularly at those moments in my life when, that were really hard, it's always been there. You know what I mean? It's just like always that thing that's just like, okay, well, I guess I, I have my yoga practice and I'll, I'll work this out on my mat or I'll work it out on the meditation cushion. And um, it is literally my best mate, you know, and it, it makes me better, you know, and I do believe that it's gotten me closer to and a more authentic version of of who I am and really who I'm meant to be right here and right now. You know, Um, I always think of this one Martha Graham quote, especially as I teach young people, you know, adolescents in particular. And, you know, she has this quote, I'm going to, I don't know it verbatim, but she basically says there's only there's, we, we bring, each of us has a very unique force and contribution to make while we are here on this planet. And it's our job to give it, you know? And so I feel like, that's what yoga helps me do, right? It helps remind me of who I am and what I have, what I'm here for and what I'm, you know, what I'm meant to give. And that is, if that's not a soulmate, I'm like, (laughs) that's the best thing. Yeah. You know that that's a definition of soulmate I can get behind because yeah, I'm not necessarily into the idea that there's just one person that's your soulmate, but what you're, what you're describing. I love how you said your yoga practice is always with you because with the kids, I often say your breath is always with with you. Yeah. Like your breath is your best friend. But I'd never then gone f- further to say your yoga practice is with you because you don't even need that mat. You you don't even need that cushion. You 
That's it's right. yourself. Yeah. But the breath is at the heart of it, right? Because yeah. the breath is that tool that helps cultivate the wholeness, right? Which is what yoga is to yoke, to bring together, you know, mm-hmm. to connect. That's so that the breath is probably the most important part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You know, it is, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's that, it's a powerful thing. It is. It really is. So from from there, so you it's you were a school teacher and you're practicing yoga. So when did you decide to start sharing yoga with children? How did that first happen? You know, I feel like every, especially classroom teacher, is just begging, borrowing, and stealing from anything that they do. It's like, oh my God. Like, of course you do something great. It helps you make some connections. And then you just like, it's a natural progression for you just to automatically want to integrate whatever that was in the, in, in a way that's accessible to your students. I, I find myself doing that all the time. Um, every course I'm in, I'm like, oh, it always occurs to me that, oh, this is something that my students might yes. get from. Yes. How can I make it, you know, ma- like accessible for them? So I was teaching in a school and, you know, it was a Title I school in Oakland, California that I was teaching at the time. So I didn't have a ton of, you know, resources. Um, a lot of the curriculum that I was creating was literally me creating it from scratch. Like when I say like I did not have social studies curriculum, like no books, you know what I mean? Like there was like an entire it's a whole nother story about, wow, yeah. you know, the defunding of our public school system and a lot of really important programs that has really disenfranchised so many of our young people. But I happened to be one of those teachers who was just like, you know, pulling it all. I mean, this is before internet where you could just like Google everything and like find lesson plans online. So I was teaching, and was learning yoga and my school didn't have a PE program. Can you imagine imagine teaching in an elementary school with no PE program? My kids aren't moving. Exactly. And my kids, and I was a mover. So I knew, like, I knew that, like, if I didn't move every day, I was going to be able to be my best self. And my kids were, like, wiggling in their chairs all day long. So, you know, I always tried to integrate movement. And when I started teaching, uh, practicing yoga, naturally, I borrowed from that, you know. And I will never forget this one class um, I did tree pose with my kids and girl like they were like whoosh like they they went from that after after lunch like high octane mm-hmm. wall situation to super focused and super ready to learn like within a minute and I was like "Ooh, what just happened <laughs> and I was like okay we're doing this all the time. You know, this is, this is, this is about to be, yeah, a regular part of our daily, daily classroom ritual, you know? Um, and so I didn't, I hadn't been a yoga, I wasn't a yoga teacher at the time. So I literally was just sort of improvising on these themes. And um, so that was really when I first did it in school. And it's funny because I, I realized that the teaching that of yoga that I did, it wasn't necessarily like in the industry per se. It was always like, how can, you know, I, 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 it was just like a natural progression of this is useful and this is supportive and this is a resource. So um, I, let me help my, let me use, use it to, you know, support my kids or so they can have it for their own resource kit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's when it officially, I guess, began. Um, and I thought, you know, eventually I thought, I guess I better figure out how to teach this thing called yoga, like official. Right, right. So did you do an adult certification 
I did. Yes, and then- I did. And I taught adults uh, for a really long time before I taught kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I was eventually, I had left the classroom because I went to drama school mm-hmm. and I was, uh, I had moved to New York City and I was, I had an agent and I was auditioning and working as an actor. And so, and then one day I basically got an offer to teach um, full time as a yoga specialist at a school. Uh, so I'd be returning to the classroom, but teaching only yoga, which was like, wow, that me. was in, that was in New York city. I was in New York city. Yes. And that was like what nine years ago now. Okay. Um, so that was when, even though I had been teaching adults, it was always um, like in, it was like my side gig. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. It was like, it wasn't something I had ever wanted to, I didn't see myself pursuing it like a career until someone basically just handed me a professional role in a school such that I had to figure out how do you teach this to kids? How do you teach 30 classes to kids a week? How do you differentiate a yoga curriculum from K through fourth grade? Um, how do you like all the things, right? Yeah. So and, are you doing that still or are you in a different position? So I am. Yeah. So I do teach um, full time in a K through 12 um, independent school here in New York City, but I teach through the health department. And so the curriculum that I'm, not, I'm teaching is not just yoga or mindfulness. We do okay. do and mindfulness as part of that curriculum. But yeah, so I teach a more holistic uh, program, you know, health is, mm-hmm. health is holistic. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, it sounds like you kind of, you got put in a position both when you were a teacher and then when you were the specialist where you were like, okay, now I have to figure this out. Exactly. <laughs> and I do believe <laughs> that sometimes, I mean, that's scary. I've been there, but it's also like the best way to learn because you're like, well, mm-hmm. I have no choice. I'm going to do this. And you see what works. You see what doesn't work. That yep. age range you're talking about, you start to realize, yeah. oh, this works with this age, this doesn't yep. work with this age. Exactly. So you've, you've got experience all around. And so you work with adults too. So I wanted to ask you about your wellness coaching mm-hmm. because I kind of want to demystify like what exactly is wellness coaching? Because mm-hmm. I think people, myself included, I'll get confused between a life coach or a wellness coach mm-hmm. or a therapist. So I guess yeah. can you just kind of talk about like what your work entails when people yeah. come to see you? Well, you know, I think it's funny because I do think that there is, there's definitely like a coaching framework, whether you're executive coaching or, you know, like there's so many different ways to coach people. And I think different people have different areas of their life that they're working on. So wellness is clearly integral to living a life of a full vibrant life. Um, and so the way my my wellness coaching has evolved has been really because I've had a number of you know private clients over the years. When you work with people long enough on the yoga mat, right? They might start off on the yoga mat and then they're they're starting to make these connections, of course, because yoga is not just asana, which many people think it is, but it's not. It really is a life technology, right? And so you, you they start to you know unearth. Um, these sort of obstacles on the mat that they find are very present in their life off the mat. And so I kind of see myself as that person who is like helping them like identify, remove obstacles, create new, you know, sort of action plans and strategies and, you know, shift things in their life such that 
um, those obstacles are not obstacles anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whether it's, you know, and sometimes it's me being like, you need a nutritionist. Okay. Or, you know, like, or, 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 or not even necessarily that I advise in that way, but um, sometimes what they're discovering is like in another, in a totally different area, but that's connected mm-hmm. right to yoga in the sense that yoga again is this, uh, this, I, I do like to call it a technology that supports us to find our wholeness. Right. And, and from that wholeness have more capacity to be free in our lives. Right. So a lot of the work that I do is physical, right? It is asana based. It is breath based. Sometimes it's really vigorous. Sometimes it's really gentle and restorative depending on what that person needs. But there's also a lot of conversation on about where are you now? Where do you see yourself? You know, and let's, let's talk about what's in the way of you getting there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really a, you know, I can't speak for what other people are doing in terms of wellness coaching. Like I wouldn't say, in the field of wellness. <laughs> this is how it is all defined but that's what i'm doing you know yes. with, with those clients yeah yeah it's like diving deeper into what, what you said when you're teaching yoga all all of this other stuff starts to unearth so yeah. you're there to help with that all the other outside of asana outside of pranayama mm-hmm. yeah the the mental part i think that's yeah. so important yeah for sure well i loved and i had sent you a question li- list but on your website you talk about um, turning our collective healing into the embodiment of social justice in our world. So this idea of embodying social justice, um, and it's completely a part of yoga. Social justice is completely a part. It cannot be separated. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you can just, I don't know, describe like, what does it look like when you're able to embody that as a yoga professional? Oh, you know, this has been on my heart and mind so much because I feel like this last year in particular has highlighted in glaring detail um, how completely disembodied we are in terms of our values, right? We are a society. I would I would venture to say that, you know, most people have really wholesome intentions for how they want to live their lives and how they want to be in the world and how they want to be treated and how they want to treat others. Like, I don't think that there are a ton of truly malicious human beings just running the world. I think that every, we're all just doing the best we can. Um, and we might have really, again, like wholesome intentions that are, you know, connected to very wholesome uh, values, like kindness, like compassion, like respect, like cooperation, like creativity, like vitality, like, you know, these things that we all want, you know, like connection, like love, like, um, yeah, like justice, like equity, you know, and we want these things and we desire them, but we really struggle with how to live that way, right? How, I mean, how to live in alignment with values, how to make choices, how to speak, how to act from these, these places of kindness and, you know, or, or whatever it may be. And so I think a lot of that, quite frankly, is very connected to what is the, like the state of our own heart, body, mind, heart relationship. Many of us are carrying um, wounds, you know, that are 
still sort of festering underneath the surface. We might have really fancy apps to make us look pretty all the time. And, you know, we have all the right clothes and we know how to say all the right words, but we're also hurting, you know, for a variety of reasons and some more than others, depending on our social identifiers. And so um, social justice is a framework through which we support all people to access the resources necessary to thrive. And when you're engaged in that kind of work, right, if, if what you're doing is aiming to create more access and support all human beings to thrive, it's really hard to do that effectively if you yourself are not in an embodied state of thriving, or at least en- engaging with the tools or the, the resources that help you come as close as often to a state of balance, right? So that when you're offering what you have to offer or in your relationship with your partner or with your children, that you are showing up as your best self, right? We all need resources to help us with that because our world is full of things that disconnect us and fragment us, right? So for me, the idea of being the embodiment of social justice is literally being peace. It's being kindness. It's it's not just, oh, I'm trying to be kind and I'm using these kind words. It's like, no, when you talk to me, when you when you are when you when we're in the same space, you feel that for me because I have created the conditions within my entire being that allow that have allowed me to digest whatever wounds that I'm working with, whatever suffering I'm working with, because we all have it, such that I can show up and be this way, you know, and we, we, we've seen examples of people like this, right? We, we know these people, they're often leaders. They're, they're people like, you know, the Dalai Lama and Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, Mother Teresa and, you know, like Malala, like, you know, we've got all these wonderful examples um, of people. And then they're, they're, we hold them on these pedestals because they seem so extraordinary. Right. But the, the only thing that really distinguished the distinguishes them from anybody else who wants to do all that is that they're actually embodying it. Their words, their thoughts, their actions are all in alignment. And I think that yoga is the tool, right? It is one of those resources that helps create those conditions. Um, So when we take care of ourselves, essentially what I'm saying is when we really prioritize taking care of ourselves, right? And healing. Really, this is is a conversation about healing, right? Um, Then we can, then our world will change, right? Then then our relationships will change. Our world will change. The policy, you know, by which we direct and and sort of legislate our, our lives that, you know, because we live in societies, right? All of that would shift, I, I believe, right? Wow. Wow. Yeah. What you're saying, um, I was getting chills because it's like, it can feel overwhelming. Like you're saying, I think most people have good intentions and most people want to be kind and do these things, but it can feel overwhelming. Where do I start? What do I think everyone's like, what do I do first? What do I do outwardly first? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what you're saying is start with yourself. Mm-hmm. within within that's where you yeah. know yes yeah, and only right. you know if you're truly doing the work because people say do the work mm-hmm. say with anti-racism it's not just posting things and 
saying you read this book. It's Mm -hmm. what's happening internally and only you really know. But like you said, it's, it's like when you are around those people, you feel it. You, you can feel that from them. That's right. And yoga is how we can get to that point of self-inquiry. You have to look. You have to look inside. I love that so much. Yeah. I, I think that's the point of it, right? And I think a lot of people get really confused, Jessica. They get really confused because, you know, we, we live in a culture that commodifies everything. Everything is an industry. Everything has a brand, Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, wait, but who, what? Like, a lot of people have no idea, right, that, 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 that yoga is much more than just, you know, asana. And with the kids, like, games on the mat. No, it's actually a lot more than that. You know, this is a powerful, powerful practice. Um, should we choose to, to engage with it in a way that um, lends itself to being, I think, what the original sort of yogis intended it to be, you know? <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's just so important for every single yoga teacher or so anyone working with kids to just like to, to, to remember mm-hmm. to just strive. And it's not being perfect, but it's just taking those steps each day, whatever it is, to strive mm-hmm. to find that place where we're still going to have our wounds and we're still mm-hmm. going to have our, to work, th- yeah. you know, we'll always be working through it, but mm-hmm. the yoga practice grounds us. And that's, that's why right. sharing it with kids, it's like the best exactly. feeling, Yeah, right? you know, you're like, they're going to take this with them. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I've been using, like, I've been describing yoga as like the thing lately where, you know, like life, kids are born, they're perfect. They go out into the world And then like the world is like, wait, you, this, that, and the other, you know, and the kids are like, wait, what, (laughs) you know, wait, what, wait, I'm, I'm, but, but, but I'm having fun over here and everything is great. And, and then life says something else like you need to, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just feel like the yoga is the the resource that helps kids come back and say, oh, you know what? Nope. Thanks for sharing. Like, let me come back to who I know myself to be. And I, I just feel like it's a, it's a powerful resource that can hold up the mirror to our best selves, our potential best selves. But are we going to fall off and not be our best selves often? Of course, right? And this is not a perfect world to be living in. So (laughs) of course, you know, we're going to have our moments. But just this idea of like being able to come back, right? Come back, re-resource, come back to ground and start it all over again, you know? Um, And recognize that in that process, you get to know yourself better and you can, you realize that you can choose. How am I going to respond to what's happening around me? As opposed to just, you know, kind of walking like with blinders on, like, you know, yes. you know, what, 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 what's coming next? How do I brace myself? What's next? As opposed just actually being able to manage and deal with the reality in front of you, um, even as it's unpredictable and even perhaps painful at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this has always been important, but after this past year, um, and now we're, now it's like, okay, let's, let's get back into normal, whatever that is. And it's not, and our world has changed. And I think navigating this next time when we're starting to get back out into the world and seeing what it's like and processing all of the trauma that no one has had time to process. I'm just so thankful that we have this yoga practice to help us through and 
that so many people are now sharing it with children. I cannot tell you how many times this year I've thought, oh my gosh, this is why I've been practicing yes. all year for this moment right now. Like, yes. this is why. Like, oh, thank goodness. I am, I am not just like, I didn't just start yoga two days ago. Like I have been doing this. Like I have got this muscle. It's like strong, you know, it's been, I've been working it out, you know? Um, exactly. It is like a muscle that you, yeah, you, you, you work out and you, it gets stronger. Yeah. And it changes too. It does. Well, I love to see you have this little yogi deck coming out, yeah. um, which is just, there's, that's a really cool way to share it with kids. Can you tell us a little bit of, about it and what inspired it? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, it's funny because there are so many little like yogi decks out there. Um, and so uh, an editor came, uh, you know, approached me about creating one. And I thought, have you seen the ones that are out in the world? Like, wh- why do we need another one again? You know, um, so, um, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, she shared as a mom was that, you know, she has a child who, you know, has these really big emotions and, you know, she kind of uh, was, you know, at times struggling with how to support her to, you know, manage her emotions. And so she had this idea that somehow if we, if it was, it was a, a, a deck to help kids specifically build emotional intelligence, that would be something unique. And so we sort of figured out how to make it relevant and accessible. And, you know, to be honest, Jessica, you know what it's like when you've had a yoga practice for a long time and every day your body's a little different and you go up on your mat, if you have a home practice, you do sort of approach it like, okay, what are the yoga tools I have and which ones are going to help meet my needs today? As I feel this way in my body, as I feel this particular motion, as I know such and such is on my agenda for the, the afternoon or the evening and I need to be prepared. Like, you know, you kind of approach it like, it's medicine or it's, um, I don't know, like it's like the, I don't know, it, it is this, I, again, I come back, I keep coming back to the same words, resource, it's mm-hmm. you know, a tool or it's um, a technology to help kind of one, self-awareness, but also how do I shift my states so that I can, again, like show up as my best self. So the since that's how I practice, um, and often when I'm especially teaching groups of kids, you know, I, will, I might have a lesson plan to teach, uh, to use yoga to teach more about how to be kind that day. But if the kids are bouncing off the walls and I got to like switch it up and be ready to, you know, um, meet them where they are so that I can, if I'm going to teach that lesson, they're in a state where they can hear me. <laughs> so. You know, so for me, it was like, oh, right, this is this is about supporting kids to become self-aware, like aware of how they're feeling, right, both physically but also emotionally, and um, help them recognize that no matter what is happening inside them, whether it's, you know, high-intensity emotion, the kind of emotion that really derails them, that they can, that they have power. They're personally empowered to, like, recognize I don't have to be overwrought by this. I can take care of myself. And so the, the, the deck is organized into eight different emotional categories, um, including uh, uh, joy and excitement and shame and sadness and uh, worry. Um, and each, each 
uh, emotion has six di different activities. And they're sort of, they're designed to support with those emotions, but you know what it's like when you practice, like any of them can work. The point of it is just right. when you do a yoga practice, it makes you pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you're paying attention and you're using your breath. And that is the most important part, right? Of, of the practice in terms of supporting kids, right? Self-awareness yeah, and recognizing that whatever they're doing is having an impact on them, right? And so, yes, that's that's what it is. That's how it came about. And I'm just so excited to see how people are using it and how well it's being received. It's been amazing, amazing. I'm so grateful to be offering something right now that is so supportive at such a challenging time. Yeah. Well, I love, I mean, for children, having a visual yeah. Having it organized, and I can yeah. see my daughter's five. I'm like, ooh, she would she would love this to yeah. have, and then start to learn. Oh, oh, this one that I did with joy. Actually, I could use that when I'm feeling ashamed or whatever. Yeah. Like you're saying, like yes. eventually. But I think first having it. I think when you first have it in categories, it, it's mm -hmm. helpful for kids. It really is helpful for them, and there is something about the color. And Andrea Pippins did the illustrations, and they mm. are amazing. They are so beautiful. And, you know, I have, I have a lot of people who've reached out and been like, my child loves the red cards. She's really into the purple now. <laughs> like, and I'm like, get it, you know, <laughs> but, but, but I'm like, well, if it gets them practicing independently, uh, this is like, oh, yes. this work is done, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful deck and it's, it's, it's fun. You know, there are 48 different cards in all or practices in all. So I've had a lot of parents say, you know what? I got this for my kids, but frankly, I really needed to. <laughs> exactly. You know what? That's when I know it's a good offering for kids when like a book or a deck when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, this is good. I needed to hear this. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Universal, like we've been saying. Yay. Well, beautiful. I'm going to check those out. Um, so I, since this pandemic started, which is almost to the day i a year ago, almost, mm -hmm. um, I've been asking guests, how have you taken care of yourself during this mm -hmm. time, during this past year? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, one of the things I have done was I recognized right away that I didn't want to stay in New York City, which is where I live. Um, I just didn't want to be in a city um, that one was an epicenter at the time, but also... Like I just, you know, I really believe that um, being able to change your environment, if you can do that, um, can have such a powerful impact on your state. So for me, I was feeling very isolated in New York in a way that highlighted, this is not necessarily my favorite place to live anymore, you know, and I can change my mind. I can go somewhere else. So just, um, that was one of the big things that I did. I, sp I spent about eight months, um, <laughs> living away outside the city. I did a little traveling, like, you know, cautious, safe traveling, but I spent it with family and really close friends. And I did things that I wouldn't normally be able to do. Like I spent a month with my best friend in Colorado, you know, and she's got two little girls and it was just like the best to have Auntie Crystal in town, you know, like, and to just be with her kids. Um, I 
I did a lot of things like that. I, you know, I spent like six weeks in Mexico um, and there are places in Mexico. I've been to Mexico a million times. I've done retreats there, but like there are places, it's an amazing country, you know, and I decided I wanted to go and, you know, I'm by myself. So I, you know, in terms of like my own health and safety, by the way, I did have COVID back in March. So Mm. I just kind of was like feeling a little less, I think, afraid having experienced it and knowing that, you know, my body was able to manage it. And then, so I just, I kind of just did things to shift my environment Um, and that, and that sort of changed the backdrop and kept me feeling connected to the environment in a way or wherever it was that I was or people that I really cared about. Um, So that, those two things, my relationships, like, and then again, like sort of doing a traveling. When I say travel, I was like sitting down in places for a good chunk of time. Um, The other things that I've been doing have been very physical, uh, like walking, taking really long walks every day. Um, I, I have, you know, yoga practice that is my, obviously big, big part of what I do, my including meditation. Um, I, oh, I started eating mostly plants, (laughs) which frankly, like has really done something for my energy. Um, But, you know, I, I, movement, changing the environment and really clarifying and, and making sure that my relate my core relationships are support like are just re- like very supportive those those are the big things that have mm, yeah survive this last year of real chaos yeah well yeah. that's beautiful that you had you were able to take it as a a chance to like switch things up and say oh i i don't want to be here right now and to be yeah. able to have those relationships those places you visited and yeah Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I have, we all have the circumstances we have. So I'm just, Mm -hmm. well, how do I maximize this moment? Right. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I could talk to you forever, but I'm going to try (laughs) to wrap up um, because my son will be awake soon and screaming. Um, But what I like to end with like just practical advice for kids, Mm -hmm. yoga teachers, little kids, yoga gym. So what would be your advice for someone who, is teaching kids yoga now. What is your kids yoga gem? Mm. Make sure that you are teaching by example, (laughs) right? I think when you teach kids yoga, especially in the sort of industry of yoga, with all the branding and the songs and the games, it's like, you know, you can forget that the best, like the way kids learn best is by example, right? Kids learn by what we do. You know, and so if you, again, this goes back to that idea of embodying this practice. If you are the embodiment of wholeness and connection and compassion and all the things that yoga uh, supports us to be, that's, that's like, if your system, right, is regulated and when you are with those kids that you teach, that is powerful. Be the yoga, be the yoga. And, and see those kids as whole and complete, right? They're whole and complete and life is working on them the way life works on everybody. And you're there to remind them who they are and offer them resources to get back to who they are, their best selves. Yes. Mm. 
like, I don't even want to say anything that was perfect. <laughs> um, in, yes. That's why when I, I just have to say, when I found kids yoga, I felt like prior to that, I taught dance and there was always a goal and to look a certain way. And when I found kids yoga, I felt such a relief and like a exhale, yeah. like, oh, I could just be there. Girl, same. Do you understand me? Like, <laughs> here's the thing. I was a dancer too. And so I, I can really relate to what you just said, because people are always like, I, I can't go to yoga. I feel so self-conscious because I can't do anything. I'm like, are you kidding? It's the one place where you don't have to do anything. You can just see. Like, I just always would be like, are you kidding? And and so because, because again, I come from a dance background, too, where it's like perform, look a certain way, like has to be this high, foot has to be turned out like this. And you're just like, and then in yoga, it's just feel what there is to feel, be in your body. There's no, it's a healing practice rather than a performing practice, right? And so I, I hear you on that. I hear you. It's like the most soothing way to be. Yes. Well, having people like you who are doing this work and are helping people see beyond what you've been saying, beyond the branding, behind the Instagram images of fancy poses, beyond all that, mm-hmm. what it really is. And I just am so appreciative of your work and and just how you've kind of reframed it. Cause you've said a lot of things that I'm like, oh, yes, yes. It's like <laughs> what I, I've, I've noticed, but haven't been able to articulate. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And I want people to be able to find you because they'll want yeah. to. So where are the best places to get in touch? The best places to get in touch. You can find me online on my website. Um, I do a lot of professional development for schools and organizations and corporations. Um, all that's on my website. You can also find my little yogi deck there. Um, it's little yogi deck by Crystal McCreary and Andrew Pippins, uh, who did the illustrations. Um, that's all, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, whatever. Um, C McCreary yoga, um, is the Instagram and my website is crystalmccreary.com. That's two C's. Um, but yeah, I'm out there. I'm doing it. You know, <laughs> come find me. Drop a line. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I thank loved you. talking to you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the episode and you haven't already, I would really appreciate if you can leave a rating and review and also subscribe to the podcast. This helps people find the podcast and direct more people towards it so we can spread kids yoga to more children. You can also follow us at the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can always send me an email at thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, your questions, and any ideas you have for future episodes. So thank you so much for being here and for listening, and I hope to see you next week.